So Mundelein Seminary has a program uh, it's a, like called Teaching Parish, and so seminarians uh, are sent to various parishes uh, in the area to uh, do weekend assignments and work in parishes. And, uh, so we're lucky, we have a, a seminarian Grant, who's been with us for a year, uh, who's doing his teaching parish here. Uh, but the, the diocese has also assigned a, a new seminarian to be with us as well, so we'll have two. And they're, they're, they spend the rest of their seminary time uh, with that parish. So uh, Grant will be with us till he's ordained. And now we have Ian Ordonez, who's uh, from St. Mary's in Woodstock, and he's gonna be with us. Now it's his teaching parish, so uh, most a lot of weekends you'll see him, even during the week, maybe occasionally, uh, you'll see him doing various things. So let's uh, let's welcome Ian, shall we? So it's been an interesting time uh, since uh, everything started in March with COVID and all that stuff. Uh, you know, we St. Pat's has a ton of weddings, and you know, one of the things that's been most severely affected. Our, our weddings, uh, you know, we were shut down and, and all these reception halls you know, were shut down. And can you imagine being a bride? You dream about this day your whole life and all this crazy stuff happens, right? Well, it's been happening. And, and uh, so we're, as we try to get back to normal, uh, you know, we're able to have sizable weddings, you know, with social distancing, we, we can get a hundred, 25 here, we can get 360, 400 out at Crane Road. So that's fine for the, uh, for the wedding part, for the, uh, the, the, the mass, but a lot of these brides still have uh, reception halls that won't let you have more than 50 people. So it's been, it's been a harrowing experience for these uh, poor families. And, and so recently, a uh, family came to me, bride and groom, and their parents uh, came to me. Uh, they're, they're, the, the wedding is scheduled for next year, but they said, you know what, uh, let's strike while the, the, while the iron's hot. Can we do the wedding now while, they're, while you're still open? You know, because I think they look in the future and they have no idea you know, what's going to happen next year even. So uh, they want to have the wedding, they wanted to have the wedding like early. And so they came and it's like a, a month ago. And they said, oh, sorry, what do you want the wedding? They said, as soon as possible. So we had it this Friday. This last Friday was here in, in this church and it was terrific. But the thing is, uh, they all all that they were keyed in on uh, was we, we want this mass, we want we want the sacrament, and and so they got a reception hall that only uh, was just a small number of people. It was the smallest wedding I've ever done, twenty people, which included the bride and groom and the bridal party. There was one bridesmaid, one best man. And then the two families. It was, in in, a, in an interesting way, it was it was a really beautiful thing because the reason why they were doing that was because they wanted to have it in the church with their family. Uh, it, it, the party was secondary, although it was very nice. I got invited to it. It was great. Uh, it was in Geneva at the Harrington. It was really it was really cool. And but twenty people. And they, all they wanted was like, make sure we, we want this mass. And I thought, well, isn't that nice? Not to say, oh, you know, big weddings, small weddings, doesn't matter. They're great, aren't they? And Father Clyder had one recently. Uh, there were more people in the bridal party than there were in the whole church, right? It was like 20 bridesmaids. Can you imagine? I mean, they took half the mass just to get the girls down here, right? And, uh, 
So, and that was great. Those are fun. Uh, the weddings are ter tremendous. And, but this one was just in its simplicity and the focus that this couple had on wanting to have uh, the sacrament, the Eucharist, the vows here in church. And they wanted it here at this one because they, most brides, you know, most brides choose this church versus the one out at uh, Crane Road. Uh, they're both beautiful, but this is like more intimate, I think. It's, it's, it's just uh, different. And uh, so we had it here this last Friday afternoon. It was great. So it got me thinking, you know, the, the idea that uh, with all the stuff going on in the world today, this, you know, this couple, they're a little bit older mid-30s and met each other in Chicago uh, working there and it turns out that both their families are from this parish so it was really an interesting thing uh, but just the, the focus that they had uh, they needed God's help to be married they needed the sacrament to, to be able to live the married life they felt that they were being called to live because in, w indeed, what is, what is the, the, the sacrament when a couple stands there and says, I do? What are they saying I do to? It takes the natural friendship and elevates it to a supernatural one. The grace that is received in a sacrament allows the couple to do something that on their own they cannot do. We can love naturally, but it's only by the sacrament that we can actually elevate that natural love to a supernatural love. So I can't love the way Jesus loves on my own, so I, need, so I need help. So help me, God. And his promise, his vow, his covenant, his sacrament allows me to love the way I'm called to love, which is like this. I can't do this without the sacrament. You can't do this without the Eucharist and without the sacraments. The married couple can't be uh, that icon of Christ in the world, that image of supernatural love, that image of the wedding feast of the Lamb in heaven without this. And that's what they wanted. And praise God, they got it. We need help, don't we? We need help to love uh, the way that we're called to love. Now, look at this. Look at this. Uh, this interesting gospel. And the reason why I'm talking about a wedding is because this is a wedding. The king has a wedding for his son, and he invites everybody, and nobody wants to come. He invites all the important people, all the Jews, and and they, they successive groups turn them down. And onto the point where they kill the messengers. Now, you say, well, it's odd. Well, it's really an image of Israel's salvation history. It's from the beginning to, to Christ, Israel was continually being invited by God into a deeper relationship, and they continually refused that invitation. And even into killing the prophets, the messengers, right? And so finally, the king says, I don't care who comes, I just want my, I want my house filled. Bring everybody, good and bad, I don't care who they are, get them here to this party. We're having a party and I want this place filled up. No social distancing, we're going for it, all right? No mask, it's gonna be awesome. And, and, and so the people come. He doesn't, it's not just the Jews anymore, he's opening up to everybody. Well, this is an image of the church. Good and bad, right, here we are. And, but here's the, here's the thing that surprises us, or should. Did you, did you notice when finally the king gets there, gets to the party, gets to the reception, and the place is filled, what does he notice? He notices the one guy who's not dressed right. He doesn't have his wedding clothes on. Well, what, what are those wedding clothes? 
The wedding clothes are, that's the baptismal garment. Like when we get baptized, you're, we all wore white. And there's a prayer that's said over us. You'll put on Christ, wear Christ with faith and fidelity all the days of your life. We put on the identity of Jesus. We have put on a new identity. We put on a new person. We have put on the person of Christ. That we get in our baptism, we become a new person through the sacraments. And we're supposed to live that life out to the full. So when somebody sees us, immediately they can see that's a Christian. Not because they've got a name tag that says Christian, but because of the way they live their life. Because of you and I and how we live, people should know who, what we are. We're Jesus. We have become an image, an icon of him, because we've received the grace of the sacrament to help us do it. Now are we doing it? Here was a guy who was not doing it. The king immediately saw, this is a guy who says, Lord, Lord, talks a good game, but when push cuts to shove, he's not living the life. He's not authentic. Get out. That we, we put on the, the garment of our good deeds so that people know who we are. This is the difference between uh, sola fide and, you know, uh, what, you know the scripture and tradition. This is uh, faith and works. It isn't just by faith alone. What is the evidence of our faith? I don't see it. Get out. That's what he says. If we have received the life of Jesus, and we have, in baptism, in the Eucharist, in the sacraments, a married couple standing there saying, I do, they become an icon of Christ. They receive the grace, his life in them to bring the, make the two one body so that what we see is, is Jesus. And Jesus doing what? This. This is the bridegroom. And he's come into the hall and we are his bride and he marries us and he gives us his life. He's bringing us into his divine life. He's changing us into his new creation. Can people notice it? Can people see it? It's hard to be a Christian these days, isn't it? People look at us and they're like, ah, what's with you? And we're, we're being called at all different levels to, to, to water it down and to accommodate the culture and to you know, give this up and you know, you know, vote for this person who has got nothing, who's nothing but you know, against the Catholic faith and our, and our teachings, whatever, whatever it is. Even our family members are saying, well, you've... Give that up. Otherwise, I'm not going to like you anymore. Well, we can't. We can't do it. This is, this is the thing that, this is our foundation. The, you know, it, it's interesting. Uh, last night, I'll give you a little secret. Uh, like Saturday nights, after stirring the pot, and I, we have mass stirring the pot, then whoever is stirring the pot makes dinner. And so last night was my turn. I made dinner, and had a nice, nice pork loin with mashed potatoes. It was, it was fantastic. Uh, although Father Claydor cooked the pork, so we'll give him credit. Uh, but then afterwards, we always do some fraternity, and whoever is on gets to pick, and it was me. And I just said, well, I, I don't care, so what, am, what do you guys want to do? I said, well, let's go downtown and kill ones and get ice cream. So we came downtown, it was too crowded, so we decided, let's, let's go and get a beer somewhere. And uh, there, did you know, I don't know what the street is over, I keep forgetting, what, what's the name of that street? Fourth Street. Do you know a block down on 4th, there's a brewery? I had no idea. Father Claydar knew. So <laughs> we, we, we went down there and we got a beer. It's like, this is a really cool place. Well, we're sitting there and we're in this room. Uh, it's kind of a side room. And there's this shelf with all these games on it. And so Father Claydar went over and picked uh, a, a, a called Jenga. Have you guys heard of Jenga before? 
I, I mean, I played it maybe once in my whole life, and here I am, uh, you, you know, uh, approaching 60, and I'm playing, and he gets Jenga, and he sets it up on this little wobbly table, and, and so we split up into teams. Ian and I were on one team, and Father Claydar and Father Jack were on the other team, and we built this little tower, and we started playing. And you know how, to, how it goes, you pull out these blocks, and pull them out and you put them on top. So the, weak, the base becomes weaker, the top becomes heavier. Until finally it can't, it can't hold up anymore. So uh, Ian and I won, all right? <laughs> but it was, it's, it was exciting because you, you, know, you get there and you're pulling out every block you can without destabilizing it and you're adding it to the top. And so the, you know, it's taller, but it's, it's, it's weaker. It's bigger, but it's weaker. And until finally it just collapses. But here's, here's the thought, is that in, 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 our, in our world, in our life, in our daily stuff, uh, there's a lot of stuff that goes on. And it's almost like too much, it's too big. And sometimes, you know, it, it, it threatens to collapse on us. And we feel like my whole world is just going to fall apart because I can't take one more thing. But that's, that's our natural uh, capacity. What about our supernatural life? The Eucharist is the, the best thing God can give to us. Isn't it enough? To, isn't Jesus enough to hold it all together for us? That when I'm called to love the way Jesus loves, I can't by myself, but I can with him. When I'm called to live my life as a witness, to be a Christian in the midst of a crazy world, no matter what's going on out there, I know in my house that the Lord is there and he's going to hold it all together. I'm not going to fall apart. My world is not going to come down crashing, although things like that happen. It isn't the end, because the Lord is going to be the one who's going to work it all to the good. We've got to trust it, especially these days. This is where our peace comes from. We've got to come to the wedding. We've got to put on our, our baptismal garment. We've got to wear the wedding garment. We've, we've got to witness our faith. We've got to have the sacraments. We need His grace in order to live the life we're called to live, to be the icon of his life in this world now and his life of the world to come, the wedding feast of the Lamb in heaven. The bridegroom is coming and he's going to marry us. You're coming up here at communion time and you say amen, which means I do. The bridegroom is marrying me and I'm saying yes to his life in me. I need it. I need it. To do all the things we're called to do and to go to the holy mountain with a rich choice wine and the, and the rich food to receive uh, that bounty, which is the sacramental life that sustains us. Jesus has come and he's ripped the veil that takes uh, the place of the old dispensation. And he's, he's ripping the veil that keeps us separated from God. And he's bringing our flesh beyond the veil into heaven. And we're going with him when we live the sacramental life. We get to go with Jesus into heaven and to taste heaven. And that taste sustains us for the week to come and gives us the grace to live the Christian life for seven more days. Amen? Because I can do all things in Him who strengthens me.